Okay. So, Yashikaya, for anyone that listened yesterday, sorry, the recording got a little messed up. We were saying that in the three basic pillars of learning Taira, service of the heart, I'm sorry, of prayer, which is service of the heart, and of kindness, of charity, of generosity, in all of those three primary areas of our Judaism, of our service of God, I'm doing great. How can I do a lot, a lot, a lot more? We said it's not enough to do more, which usually is enough. Here, you need to do a lot more. Um, and that's, that is the question. How do we do a lot more? And we said that a person could say, oh, this doesn't, this seems like silly, you know, like, you know, um, what, what, what difference does it make? I'm doing a little bit, I'm doing more good, and this person is holding back from horrible things, and we're pretending it's giving God the same pleasure. No, you're not pretending, it really is giving God the same pleasure. Because God really says, you're giving me your same effort. So your effort isn't being from holy to holier. His effort is from holding back from grievous, horrific sins. But I'm bigger than that. I'm bigger than looking at the details. And in terms of the effort, you're actually both doing the same. The Rebbe goes on today to say, because until now we were talking about adding in good. And we can all understand that even for a perfect person, which a Benoni basically is, even for a perfect person, you can always be better. You can always learn more. You can always give more. You can always be more selfless. You can always be more loving. You can always be more focused. But guess what? Even in the realm of holding back, which, of course, for a Benoni, it's harder to find, but you could find. Now, obviously, for ourselves, we can easily find. We, we, we're not going to struggle so hard to say, hmm, if I really want to work and give God a lot of pleasure but I'm just too perfect to figure out how. Probably that's not going to be our response. But for the Bainani, the Rebbe comes up with examples also, which is showing us the subtlety of it sometimes. Like, for example, he says in terms of inappropriate speech, that you say, whoa, hey, hey, he's a Bainani. He doesn't gossip. True, he doesn't gossip. But the Rebbe gives an example from the Gemara. It's an interesting story, which I'll try to give over briefly. In the times of Rebbe Huda Hanasi, there was this, it was a problem, which wasn't only in the time of the Rebbe Huda Hanasi, that a Kohen, a priest, cannot marry a divorcee. Kohenim are notoriously hot-tempered. So the Kohen gets upset at his wife, storms into the Beit Din, demands a divorce, gets the divorce, and like three days later knocks himself on the head and says, oh my gosh, what did I do? Runs back to the rabbis, they say, we're sorry, you're a Kohen, she's a divorced lady, you're done. So in the time of Rabbi Huda Nasi, they came up with a, a patent, a trick, a strategy to get around these hot-tempered and foolish people. So what they did was they took the parchment that one wrote the bill of divorce on, and they folded it and sewed it down in such a way that it wasn't noticeable, especially for someone who's upset and not looking for your tricks. And they wrote the document, and then they signed all the names, official, official, divorce, 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 kosher, 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 enjoy your freedom. Three days later, the current comes back and says, oh my gosh, what did I do? I feel so bad, but I'm a priest, I'm in trouble. 
And then, lo and behold, they rip open the stitches on this parchment, and now there's a too big a gap between the signatures and the document. And we're like, hey, looking it over, we say, actually, this is not valid. You are not divorced. Lucky man. Don't be so hasty in wanting to get rid of your wife. So this was a strategy in those days. Once, Rabbi Huda Nasi found such a, a document, and he was very upset because Rabbi Huda Nasi did not approve of it, even though other sages did. And he said to his son, Reb Shimon, like, what's going on here? And, and Reb Shimon said, no, no, I didn't write it. Rabbi Huda Chete wrote it. And what did his father, Rabbeinu HaKadosh Rabbi Huda Nasi, respond? Stop saying Lashon Hara. Now, was this technically Lashon Hara? No, for a lot of reasons, it really wasn't. It wasn't really something wrong. It was something all the sages were doing. It's true. He was saying it to vindicate himself. He wanted to remove from his father the pain of thinking his own son isn't following his approach. So there's a lot of technical loopholes here. But guess what? You could improve. I still don't like this. This still smells too much like gossip. So what is this showing us? It's showing us that even a perfect person, who is not sinning, he did not say a sin. That was not a sinful statement. But he could still work on himself. He could get more refined than that. In terms of sanctifying oneself, sanctifying oneself, of course, is a positive act. Be holy, but the process of being holy is by holding back from bad. So within sanctity, sanctity is limitless. The question is only where are you holding and is this right for you or wrong for you? How do you ascertain yourself? So maybe somebody is thinking, oh, for me, in my current stature, I really, I really shouldn't, it's really okay for me to do such and such. I'm not so holy that I should hold back from it. Maybe you're misascertaining yourself. Maybe you really should hold back from it. Maybe where you're holding, because again, as our, as we grow in holiness, everything has to keep up with that pace. So maybe last year it was appropriate for you to do this. There's nothing wrong in what you're doing. But now, because hopefully in a year you've grown day by day, so you're a whole year's worth holier. You know, 365 days later, you're in a totally different plane. So what last year was appropriate and was completely fine and absolutely nothing wrong, now it's not For what you're currently holding, it's not appropriate. Maybe putting it in our lingo just to understand what I'm trying to say. Maybe the outfit is perfectly modest, but for where you're holding, it's not right. The jewelry is beautiful, but for where you're holding, it's not right. Things can be completely kosher, but not right for where you're holding. So the Rebbe is saying anyone, even a Benoni, could analyze himself and say, wait, I was doing these things, and they're kosher, but maybe for my level, they're not. And then the Rebbe continues by saying that in general, there are many things that are very slight that we just, as we call it, step on with our heel. We, we, we think of them as so trivial. And also, we do them so often that they become permissible to us. Meaning, if we're looking at ourselves and we want to scrutinize ourselves a little more closely, we have to wonder these two points. Is it possible that I'm doing the wrong thing, but I'm just like, yeah, whatever, it's not a big deal, and that's why I keep doing it, even though I don't do the wrong thing? Or is it possible that I've done it so many times in my head, 
I truly think it's permissible. Well, of course you can do this. I always do this. So that fact that I always forget about everyone else always does this. Or just look at yourself. But just look at myself. I always do this. If I always do this, I mean, it must be correct because I wouldn't always be doing this otherwise. Think, for example, myriad of examples in the laws of the Shabbos, where either it seems to you so inconsequential to be exactly what am I going to be OCD on it, or it must be fine. I mean, I've been raised Orthodox and I've done it this way my whole life. I'm sure it's fine because I wouldn't have done it this way my whole life if it wasn't fine. So for all of us, there's room to look at ourselves more closely. Now, why are we doing this? Why are we making ourselves crazy this way? For a very simple reason. We'd like to give Hashem the same pleasure, that simple person who's struggling so much to keep back from basic offenses. How much pleasure he's giving God? I'd like to give God that pleasure. But for me, I've got to squeeze a lot harder in doing good and squeeze a lot harder in keeping back from wrong to give God that pleasure. And we all can, and God willing, we all will. Any questions, please unmute yourself, star six. Okay. Should be a good night.